children of y'all, y'all got to understand something. We're different people. We don't love the way the rest of the world loves. In fact, the Bible says that those who don't have God, they don't have love, for God is love. Shaq. I hope you guys are having a beautiful uh, Saturday morning. Um, it is 11.47 a.m. currently where I'm at. Um, and I hope you guys are uh, starting to make some serious moves in the Lord. I hope you guys are really starting to consider the spiritual climate and understand that, uh, that you're needed. You're needed dearly. You know, we can certainly use everything we have to war against the devil. You know, the devil has ramped up his attacks quite a bit. He's ramped up his, his tactics quite a bit. And uh, one of those tactics is using the betrayal of others to open a back door of unforgiveness. Amen. But um, before I begin, I'm going to read a few I'm going to read a few verses and I'm going to say a quick prayer. I, I usually I usually like to pray before before I do this because I want the Holy Spirit's presence in the room. I want the Holy Spirit's presence uh on the uh the podcast, the Facebook live for those of you tuning in on Facebook. You know, I want the Holy Spirit to do what it wills, okay? But uh let me say, let me bow my head. Let's bow our heads and as I say a quick prayer. Father God, in your mighty holy name, I plead the blood of Jesus over this microphone. I pray that this lesson breeds life into all those who are within the sound of my voice. I pray that this lesson is sown by your spirit. I pray that you fill this microphone with your spirit. I pray that you impart us the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. I pray that you give me the words I need to speak from your voice and your heart. Allow me to listen out for your voice. Allow us to listen for your voice. Allow us to get closer to you and further away from the enemy. Allow us to enter into a place onto today where the enemy can have no access and that your children can grow through the blood of Jesus and in your mighty and holy name. Let your will be done. Amen. Okay, guys. So um, I'm going to read. Uh, let's see. I have four verses. I'm going to read hmm, the back door of unforgiveness. I'm going to read Matthew 18, verse 21 to 22. And the name of the word reads in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I have forget and I forgive him up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. I'm going to read Matthew 6, verse 14 to 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. And children of Yah, I want you guys to understand right off top, for those of you tuning into Facebook, for those of you, this is not a personal attack. Okay, this is not a personal attack. I'm not calling out anybody in particular. Okay, I wanted to talk about this topic because the Holy Spirit is showing me that the back door of unforgiveness is a door that a lot of us don't really consider until the pain is brought front and center. You think you might be over someone, and it might have been years before you interacted with them from the last time they betrayed you or they hurt you. But when they come back into your life, when they send you that, Hey, text message out of the blue, out of nowhere, you know, let's just say certain pains get triggered. Let's just say certain memories get triggered. You know, certain things come back to the, to the fore, whether their intentions are pure or not. And most of the time, you know, it allows us, when we have this back door open, it allows us to be vulnerable for the enemy. If the enemy is not pure in their intentions, 
to cause more pain, to cause more hurt and suffering that further compiles onto the pain. So I wanted to talk about uh, the back door to unforgiveness. And, you know, I'll, I'll start with me because I, I don't want you guys to feel some type of way. Oh, he's telling me how he what he he says it should be. But but I don't see him talking about him. I'm going I'm to I'm start with me, you know. So my issue with unforgiveness, I'm going to be transparent. It stemmed from my mother uh, and my father most of the people in my family, because growing up, you know, I didn't receive, like many of you, I didn't receive the love that I wanted. And, you know, my family, you know, they did, they weren't necessarily uh, uh, evil, but they did some things that, you know, me speaking in hindsight, because, you know, they say hindsight is twenty twenty. I would, I would, I would definitely not co-sign and, and God wouldn't, co-sign at all. But when I came in the faith, you know, when I came in the faith back in January of 2012, and I started reading, I started to, you know, learn the ways of the Lord. I, uh, you know, dealing with unforgiveness was, was very, very hard. And, you know, all those around me who I allowed into my life to mentor me, to watch over me, to, you know, you know, guide me. They said, Shaq, you have a problem with unforgiveness. You say you don't, but the reality is you do. And I'm going to start with my father because most of us, you know, six out of 10 homes almost seven to eight out of 10 in the African-American community, it's eight out of 10 homes, but for everywhere else, six out of 10 homes don't have fathers in them. And so my father, he wasn't around, you know, he left me from before I was born and he would return once every seven to eight years. And then he would just dip out. You know, he was a part-time dad and you know, that drove the pain and that drove the resentment. And every time he popped up, I'd I would always get a flurry of, of emotions. Like I, I would be, I would be happy because he was back in my life, but I would also be, be, be sad because I'm like, where, where you been? Why did you leave? And then I would carry that pain and he would just be like, I'm sorry, get over it. And then that would make me even more angry because the pain of not forgiving my father you see, it's a pain that a lot of us, it's, I'm going to keep it real. It's very, very difficult for us to get over because, you know, we can't change the past. And children of Yah, this is the one area that the enemy, he loves to, to, to use. He loves to use the past as a battering ram. You know, it, it's, it's like if I took a baseball bat and I kept hitting a window, a glass window. Eventually that window was going to break. This is how the devil uses the spirit of unforgiveness against the body of Christ. And children and children of Yah, it's a serious back door. It is. It doesn't matter whether you think it listen. If you haven't struggled with the spirit of unforgiveness, you're not going to be ready to to pursue Christ because the Bible tells us that all those who desire to pursue Christ will suffer persecution. And children, yeah, I got to tell you, you know, if if you haven't been walking strong in the faith and preaching the truth, preaching an unpopular truth, let me tell you, you're going to get some persecution. You're going to get some people, they're going to do some of the dirtiest stuff to you. I have one guy threaten to blackmail me and post pics of, of, of my past, a past that for over a year I've been exposing on my own. But, you know, I just thought in my mind, wow, that's, that's, that's pretty dirty for, for preaching a truth that's already in the Bible. That's pretty dirty. Obviously he didn't, or he hasn't yet, but I just say that to say people are going to do you dirty. 
The closer you get to God, the more the spirit of iniquity is going to manifest in other people, and that's going to drive them crazy. That's going to drive them. That's going to drive them absolutely bonkers. I had a verse in mind. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember. I had four verses. I read to you guys two of them, but you know the spirit gave me one of them. But I I just forgot what it was. But I'm going to read from Leviticus uh, 19, verses 18. You shall not take vengeance, nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Children of Yah, grudges. Grudges is, is it, it, it's kind of like, uh, it's, it's well... A grudge is well camouflaged whenever you struggle with the spirit of unforgiveness. And, you know, I've had since I've uh, started my ministry, since, you know, I truly received the spirit. You know, I've had a number of people come up in my past. That I previously held grudges against my father included. You know, I've had I've had exes, I've had past friends, and maybe out of all of them, one of them apologized. You know, this is this is how poisonous the spirit of 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 unforgiveness is. And, here, and here's the thing about forgiveness, children of y'all. You have to learn to accept an apology you're never going to receive. And, 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 here, and here's the thing. Here's where my spirit is now with this. If anybody came up and asked me for help, I would help them. I would help them. In fact, I have on several different occasions. And it wasn't for me. I never did it for me because when you're truly filled with the spirit, you realize that in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't matter because ultimately you pursue an end goal of, of, uh, of the glory of the kingdom of God. You pursue the end goal of well done, my good and faithful servant. And so a lot of us, we secretly hold grudges. It's like, oh, yeah, I forgave this person. But then when they pop up in your lives, you're like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to how I'm going to handle it. You know, I, I, it's, 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 it's so much under the bridge. And just because, children of y'all, that you don't process your grief, just because they are not in your life doesn't mean it is not there. See, the spirit of unforgiveness, the demonic spirit of unforgiveness, it doesn't flee because that person is no longer in your life for that particular season. The spirit of unforgiveness is still there. And if it's not him, it'll be some, if it's not the person that betrayed you, children of Yah, it'll be some, someone else. You ever notice, I'm gonna use relationships as an example. You ever notice you date one person and they do you dirty. So then you cut them out of your lives. But then you come, then you come to the next person, and the next person is not that much different from the last person. And so you do the same to them. Then the next person comes up and they do the same. And then before you know it, you see a whole pattern of guys. Like, I just can't find the right guys. I just can't find the right girls. You know, a lot of them are the are, are the same for, for a reason. It's because the devil is wagering and piting the spirit of unforgiveness against you. He knows that if he has access to people who have allowed open doors to their hearts to him, all he has to do to get you out of your walk, to get you out of the presence of the Lord, to get you out of your anointing, is to have them betray you. And when they betray you, he wants you to remind you, mind yourself of the pain. All he wants to do, he's, he's, he's the instigator, he's the hype man. He's like, he's like, yo, remember what this person did? Like, like it's, they did you dirty, man. Nah, why, why, should, why should you forgive them? Why should you forgive them? Nah, man. It's okay to be angry. It's, it's, it's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be upset. 
You know, keep thinking about it. And all day, every day, all you do is think about the betrayal. All you do is think about the pain. All you do is think about the misery, the suffering, until one day you realize that it's become your whole life and that at that point, the darkness has consumed you. Children of Yah, the spirit of unforgiveness is one of the hardest things for anybody to overcome. And some of the crimes that people commit against us are incredibly heinous. Like I've heard, I've heard stories of, pe of people, of families literally killing each other and they're unable to forgive. It broke my heart. I was watching court TV one day and uh, this one man, he was on trial for murder and, and he was convicted guilty. But the fam but the family of the man that that man killed, they were Christians. They were believers. And uh, the father got on the stand and, you know, to give like his final words or whatever, his closing statements. And he said, I completely forgive you. And then the man said, you know, I'm truly sorry for what I've done. You know, I, I have a son and. And he started he started crying and then they gave each other. It was the most powerful moment of forgiveness I had ever, ever, ever demonstrated. I mean, ever, ever seen demonstrated, excuse me. And. I want you guys to understand that it takes a strong person to forgive someone of a crime that is unforgivable. To forgive someone. Of cheating for example to forgive someone of killing someone you love completely and none of this i forgive but i don't forget stuff none of that well i i forgive but i'm just not going to let you around my family anymore and so in certain instances in certain instances that's necessary but all of this i forgive but i don't forget anymore you know, it just, it, do, it doesn't cut it for the kingdom. It, do, it doesn't cut it for the kingdom. And, that, and that's a lot of times, that's, that's what we do. That's what we do when we want to hold something against someone. Oh, I forgive, but I, but I, won't, I, won't, I won't forget. Children of Yah, that's, that's, that's demonic energy. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for uh, re, uh, reminding me. I, I, I'm trying to find a verse. I'm trying to find a verse in the, Bi in the Bible somewhere, I believe, in Timothy. Yeah, here it is. Here it is. Yes, thank you, Holy Spirit. First Timothy chapter 3. And I'm going to read from verse 1 to verse 5. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. That's another, that's another place. The spirit of unforgiveness will take you. It will take you uh, to a place where you don't trust anyone. And it will take you to a place where you know, it's, it's, you know, you don't, you don't trust the people. You don't trust the person who's asking for forgiveness and you don't trust future people. It'll lead you to a, a, a horrible place of isolation because you just don't know who to trust. And so the result of that is a stony uh, uh, peace in your heart where you find it very difficult to receive and accept uh, and give love to others because you just don't know what their intentions are. Slander is without self-control. And sometimes, you know, unforgiveness, it'll take you to a place where, you know, you feel tempted to let out your rage. You feel tempted to, 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 to let out your anger. Like, you hurt me. You abandoned me. How could you do such a thing? How could you even live with yourself? I would never forgive you, ever. It's over for you. I wish you would die in hell. That's another place, you know. One of the fruits of the Spirit, children of Yah, according to Galatians 5.23, is self-control. We always got to control ourselves. The book of Proverbs says the wise man 
Um, the fool, even the fool gives full vent to his rage, but the wise man quietly holds it back. It doesn't say the wise man doesn't get angry. It just says the wise man holds his rage back because children of Yah, thank you, Holy Spirit, for dropping this in my heart. There might be a story to the other person that you don't see. And I told someone else earlier today that the reasons why people betray us is because they have not been made perfect in love. And all most of the time, people hurt others because they've been hurt. And that spirit of iniquity, that spirit of unforgiveness, that spirit of, of, of anger and bitterness got on to them. And so the natural thing that they know how to do, because they're not led by the spirit, they're led by a spirit of iniquity, and they push that iniquity onto others. They push that revenge onto others. And that's why the Lord warns us to stay away from a life of vengeance. That's why the Lord says, vengeance is mine, I will repay them. He doesn't like it when his children have a heart of vengeance, have an inkling of vengeance, like, oh, I need to get revenge on him. And for some of you, revenge is not forgiving him. For some of you, revenge is denying him the opportunity to even apologize. For some of you, revenge is, is denying, denying them the opportunity. I keep saying him because I guess the majority of my audience is, is, is women. For some of you, you know, revenge is not even not even allowing him back in, in your heart. Now, don't get me wrong. If a person has wicked, demonic intentions, let them go. But that does not mean you cannot forgive them. You forgive everybody because the Lord commands us to. It's the most honorable thing to do to give people the benefit of a doubt. Think back to a time when someone gave you the benefit of a doubt. Like, say you made a mistake, say you messed up, and it, and it tore you up inside, and you said, I have to tell this person. Because if I don't tell them, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it's going to eat me up. I can't live with the guilt. And you tell this person. And then their reaction is not the reaction that you thought that they were going to have. Their reaction is they're relieved that you mustered up the courage to tell them. And it was the most empowering thing that they've ever done. One of the hardest things in the world to do is to say, I'm sorry. But another hard thing to do in this world is to say, I forgive you. I forgive you for cheating on me. I forgive you for slandering me, for gossiping about me. Man, if I had if we had those if I had those kind of conversations, they don't happen too often because a lot of people struggle with that in their hearts, but if I had those kind of conversations with with uh with a number with a number of people who tried to slander my name, they would be the best conversations that that it would be mutually beneficial for all of us because you know, like I said, if any of those people, those very same people who tried to slander my name, who tried to destroy my ministry, if any of those same people came to me, the same ones who laughed, the same ones who cussed me out, the same ones who left something dirty and disgusting on my page, I would gladly help them because my end goal is everybody crosses the river. Every, everybody. And children of Yah, I guess this is a good time to tell you that we're called to endure anyway. And like I said, love, uh, 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 a lot of people are going to do you dirty. The reason why I said love is because the Holy Spirit is leading me to, to 1 Corinthians 13. And I'm pretty sure all of you are familiar with 1 Corinthians 13. Verse four to verse eight. I'm going to read it to you. Love is patient and love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, 
endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. But children of Yah, love never fails. Like I said, if you want to be made perfect in love, you're going to have to take the hits. You're going to have to endure the fact that, yes, some of the closest people in your life, there is a very good chance that one of them is going to betray you. There's a very, very good chance of that. But love does not rejoice in iniquity. See, unforgiveness is all about iniquity. Unforgiveness is, is, is all about uh, uh, pro, uh, being provoked. Unforgiveness is, is, is all about holding on to it. I've been seeing a lot of Michael Jordan clips on, on, on YouTube. And, you know, there was one clip that Michael Jordan kind of broke down and, and cried because, you know, of all the things that people have, uh, have said to him. And, you know, where he is at at the top, a man like that, you see, Michael Jordan, he uses his grudges to fuel him. He is the definition of I forgive, but don't forget. You know, the moment everybody likes to joke on the Internet and says, all right, the moment Michael Jordan takes something personal, that's when the competitive streak comes in. And a lot of people in the past have been burned by Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan, the kind of mentality he's have, he's a great athlete. He's a gifted athlete and he's a, you know, just watching his story, it can teach you something about rise and victory. But if you don't have peace in your heart, you're going to arrive to the same conclusion as everybody else. And Michael Jordan, he's starting to realize that. And that's what provoked his response into crying when, you know, he was asked about his relationships with his peers and his colleagues and his, and his former teammates. You know, he realized just how lonely it is. He realized that, like, man, I did people extremely dirty. You know, I have way too many grudges. And children of God, if you're not careful, you'll set a snare for yourself. You will build a cell with four walls around you where the devil can always watch you, can always eye you. And if you're not careful, the grudge will allow you to fool yourself. And then you'll be almost impossible to break the next time someone brings up you have a, a spirit of unforgiveness. What do you mean? No, I don't. How dare you say I have a spirit of unforgiveness? I have done so much. You've done everything except the thing that the Holy Spirit wanted you to do, which was the hardest thing in the world for you to forgive. Children of y'all, y'all got to understand something. We're different people. We don't love the way the rest of the world loves. In fact, the Bible says that those who don't have God, they don't have love, for God is love. See, the world expects you to get all angry, to get all riled up whenever someone does you dirty. But children, I got to tell you, because you've given your life to Christ, you got to breeze it off your shoulders. I know it's easier said than done, and I know at times, you know, it's, it's outrageous some of the things that people do to you, especially if once upon a time, these people were the closest people in your life. I'm going to be transparent. So maybe about three and a half weeks ago, I had a conversation with uh, uh, one of my exes. And uh, what started out was she was messaging me about, um, she said someone contacted her on one of my accounts because I previously had her listed as an emergency contact. I said, I'm sorry, I'm going to remove your number off, off, of the, off of my account. I didn't realize it was still there. And then right afterwards, 
the Holy Spirit told me to apologize. And so I said, you know, I, I, I'm sorry about the last conversation uh, we had. I realized that what I did wasn't, wasn't wise. You know, it, it wasn't something that was spirit led at the time. And I was in a completely different state of mind the last time I had this conversation. And she said, it really means a lot to me that you did apologize. And I said to her, the truth is, I've been wanting to apologize for months. I've been wanting to apologize for uh, uh, quite some time. But I didn't have the opportunity to apologize because um, I was blocked. I was blocked and it wasn't anything uh, romantic, but it was just the opportunity to make peace. The Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of God. The Bible also says that God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Children of Yah, when you get to a place where you can freely forgive and you can forget like not even have what they did to you in your mind and you don't have to harbor a grudge against them. It's the greatest feeling in the world. You feel like, you know, now we can finish strong. You know, now there's, there's a significant chance of redemption. Now the Lord, now, now, you know, the Holy Spirit can move where it, it has access to in our hearts. And it, and it was one it was one of the most powerful things that happened to me all year. And the way my relationship ended with her, it was a very nasty relation. It it it, it wasn't uh it, it wasn't a positive relationship and she ended up telling me I just I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I wasn't healed. But praise be, you know, God healed me. I said, amen, that is so beautiful. That's so beautiful. And I said, to be honest, all I, all I ever wanted for you was to be healed. I saw what you were going through in your heart. I saw the trouble. I saw the strife. And now you're free from it. And I can see in your eyes and can confirm that you have been set free from it. That is the most beautiful thing in the world. And children of Yah. I've been sad for a lot of you that fight private battles with unforgiveness because I can see the bondage. I can see the chains and you're sitting there saying, I don't know how to break free. I don't know how I don't I don't know how to stop this. I don't want to wake up feeling angry anymore. I don't want to wake up. Feel I don't want to wake up and the first thing on my mind is what they did. I don't want to wake up and 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 the first thing on my mind is I'm reminded of that loss. I don't want the devil to remind me that the opportunity to forgive them is never going to come. I don't want I, you see all, all these TV shows, especially these cartoon shows, these action movies where the good guy's best friend gets killed or something. Or the bad guy has an experience that happens to them and they allow that anger, they allow that rage to fuel them and then they try to convert it as strength and then it turns them into this powerful villain. But then at the end of the movie, they have a breakthrough and they get set free from that pain and they realize that that rage, that anger was demonic. And they also realized that no matter how much they fed it, it was never enough. You say you get revenge on this person, but why isn't your heart fulfilled afterwards? So then you move on to someone else, like, 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 you move on to someone else like, well, now I got my revenge on them. Now I'm going to get my revenge on him. Now I'm going to get my revenge on her. Now I'm going to get my revenge on this person, on that person. But why isn't it enough? 
Why is it that your heart never changes? In fact, it gets worse. Why is it that you always feel the same in spite of the fact that you were taught that if you got revenge, you would feel better? If you got, what do they call it? Instant karma, you would feel better. Why is it that nothing in, in the heart changed? Let me tell you something, because it was all a lie. If you live a life of revenge, children of God, don't, don't be mistaken. Don't be deceived. That life is a life of pain. And yes, the pain of what they did is going to hurt. But the pain of revenge, it's only going to sacrifice more to the devil. And then that pain is going to grow. And it's going to grow bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's going to feel like an, uh, an impossible battle to fight. And some people who forgive you, some people who do you dirty, they have no, they, they might have no intention to even make peace. They might tell you, yeah, I cheated on you and it was good. I liked it. I like seeing you cry and suffer. I like seeing you squirm in pain. I like seeing you frustrated day after day. I wish I could have did it again and again and again just to see you suffer. Some of the people who come across your, your eyes, your lives, they're going to feel that way. But if you have the Holy Spirit and you're wise, you're going to know that this person is hurting inside. Because that's not normal. How can one just go through life thinking that it's completely fine to cause others pain? The right thing to do is not to wish that they die, that they rot. But the right thing to do is to wish that their soul be set free from the same Spirit that once controlled you. See, children of Yah, we only have one adversary. The devil. That's it. That's it. That's why whenever people come against you, that's why you can move from guy to guy, from woman to woman. And they're, and they're dishonest. They're deceptive. They lie to you. They cheat on you. They might even be abusive towards you. They might even say the most hurtful things. They might even hit you. And it's, a, and it's an extended pattern. But please understand, it's one spirit that controls all of them. And the Bible says, for we wage war not against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, rulers of darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts in heavenly places, spiritually wicked hosts in heavenly places. And the fact of the matter is, when I say spiritually wicked hosts in heavenly places that we war against, children of Yah, you got to understand that these demons were never supposed to have access to these people to begin with. Why? Because we are made in the image and likeness of God. Our, our bodies are literally made for the Holy Spirit to dwell in. But God gave us free will because there is no love in manipulation. There is no love in imprisonment. There is no love in bondage. Unless if the thing that you're in bondage to is the thing that feeds you true love, true life. Galatians 1.10 said, if I desired to please man, I would not be a bond servant of Christ. Christ is the one thing I tie my bondage to. And whenever I put on something that is not of the gospel and the doctrine of Christ, I let Christ chastise me. I let the blood of Jesus cover, cover me in my weakness. Because why? The Bible says, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Some of us, we're praying to God 
for forgiveness like God I want to be free from this pain I, I, I want I want you I want you to take it from me Father God I'm tired of struggling with it the Bible says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling the Bible says let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus think back to when Jesus was on the cross and he was beaten beyond recognition the Bible says his visage was marred. You couldn't even recognize him. And he died for you. He said, listen, if you want to put me on the cross, I will gladly take your place. I will gladly do what the Father sent me to do. And, it's, and, and here's the thing. God forbid, say, you commit a heinous crime and the penalty for it was death. But a loved one, your husband, your wife, your mother or father stepped in and said, no, take me instead. Take me instead. And they ended up paying the price for your crime. How would you feel towards them? Would you keep them in your memory forever? Would you do everything to honor their lives? Every single day. That's what Jesus did for you. That's what Jesus did for you. They killed him. And you know what he said? They killed him. They, they beat him. They spat on him. And you know what he did? He said, he said, Father, forgive them for they not know what they do. They don't know. And children of Yah, you got to understand. These people who hurt you, they don't know. But the thing that separates you from them is you do. You have access to the Father. You have access to the blood of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus would even work for them. You know, there's a saying. That people don't know, do people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You know, I've had many, many conversations with people who've, who've, who've had grudges and struggled with unforgiveness in their hearts. And, you know, the one thing I always encourage is, is, is understanding. I let them speak. I let them talk. I let them vent. And I allow the Holy Spirit to lead me in the conversation. And I sympathize with them. I say, I'm sorry that happened to you. You didn't deserve that. But there was a lesson that you needed to learn. There was a lesson that, that God wanted you to receive. Because without, without that experience you would have never been, it's possible that you would have never been pushed to do certain things. And that's, that's usually how un, unforgiveness uh, works. You know, the Bible says God will use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And when you look at it from that perspective, anything that the devil tries to force against you, it'll more or less push you to one direction. At least that's how it worked out in, in my life. You know, I saw what everybody else did and I had no desire to live the same way. I, re I refuse. I refuse. And I did not want to have an issue of, 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 un of unforgiveness anymore. I didn't want to walk around holding, holding grudges because I was one of those people. I was one of those people who, who wanted to take revenge. I was one of those people who wanted to see people suffer the consequences. But children of y'all, the thing is with me, the, what the Lord has shown me in the spirit is something when it, when it comes to the, the Lord's wrath, it's something that nobody wants to experience. Nobody is ready for that smoke. Nobody. Because when the Lord comes against you, he comes against you with everything. He literally curses everything about you. He takes away the things that you love. He takes away, he takes away your clarity and he gives you confusion. 
and then he judges you according to your works. And there's no coming back from that judgment. This is the prophecy that the Lord has shown me and my hope for each and every one of you, even those who foolishly persecute me. My hope is that you come to receive this. Even if you think you're right, because the Bible says that every man in his own heart thinks he's right. Even if you think you're right, we have to agree to move in, in one direction. Because you can't say you're right, but then you have a heart of hatred towards me. And my hope is that you're free from that spirit. What does that have, what does that have to do with unforgiveness? I say that because I'm not interested in being a bondage anymore. Now, I talk, to, I talk with my father. Uh, uh, I haven't uh, uh, recently because I've been working a whole lot, but my father, he, he, he would message me every single day, and I would have a conversation with him. And, you know, I wish my father uh, uh, the best that all God has to offer him. I told him recently, I said, it's time for us to face some things. Because if we don't, then God's going to hold it against us. And the kind of person whom God wanted you to be, a lot of people can benefit from. And you still have that chance. If you wake up every single morning, you're alive, you have a roof over your head, you got clothes over your back, you can still take that chance. God is still giving you grace to press on. And that's, what it, and that's what it means when the Bible says grace saves you. Grace obtained through salvation. A lot of people say you can never lose your salvation. That's not, that's not true. That's not true. You can lose your salvation if you abuse the grace. The Bible says, should we continue with sin that grace may abound? Absolutely not. Grace is not an excuse to continue through sin because you've been saved. All grace means is God gave you the chance once again to try again, to try and get it right, to present yourself a living sacrifice, to sacrifice your grudges at the cross, to sacrifice unforgiveness at the cross, to sacrifice anger at the cross, to sacrifice bitterness at the cross, and to do whatever the Lord commands. That is what grace means. And children of Yah, I hope each and every one of you come to this. I really do. Let it go because what is coming, a lot of people are not prepared for. It's going to catch them off guard. And if you have a back door, the Lord will judge it. The Bible says, God will judge all the secrets of men. I want all of your secrets, myself included, to be out in the open as much as possible. No holes. No weaknesses for the enemy to exploit because the enemy controls us through our bondage. He controls us through our desire to hold on what is unholy. Let it go. This world has nothing for you. Nothing. I'm going to read to you. Colossians 3, verses 12 through 15, to close out. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. So you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. When that peace, children of Yah, hits you, it's the greatest feeling in the world. It really is. And it's a peace that never ends. A lot of us. A lot of us in the world, when we were in the world, we would always chase one thing after another, and then the feeling would flee. And then before you know it, we got to we gotta re-up. We got we to gotta 
basically force ourselves to be addicted to certain things just to experience a feeling. But when the peace of God fills your hearts and nothing shakes your tree, no negative will ever affect you. It's the greatest feeling in the world. Some of you sitting there saying, yeah, but Shaq, you get angry. Yes, I do. Yes, I do get angry because I want you guys to get it. Those of you who persecute me, I want you to get it. I want you to understand that this isn't a game. That's where my frustration comes from. But you get mad whenever people don't agree with you. No, I get mad when people don't agree with me. And it's not just a disagreement, but then it turns into an insult. It turns into this and turns into that. And I just don't tolerate that. I don't tolerate that. That doesn't affect my peace at all. My focus is still very much on the Lord's. But you as the elect, the Bible says, if anyone comes to you with forgiveness, you must forgive them. And even if they don't, forgive them anyway so that you can still have the peace in your hearts. You cannot have peace if you do not forgive and forget. The Bible says that when God forgives our sins, he casts them as far as the east to the west. The Bible says in another area that he casts the sins to the depths of the sea. God doesn't remember it. Otherwise, if Jesus didn't forgive Peter for denying him three times, it would have been over for Peter. And yet Jesus gave Peter the keys of heaven anyway, knowing he would deny him three times. Paul killed thousands of Christians. How many of those Christians do you think had families? How many of those Christians do you think men, women, and children? Paul killed thousands. If Jesus said, I forgive you, but I don't forget, it would have been over for him. He killed thousands and we read his gospels every day. I just read you, I just read you as a closing one he wrote. <laughs> this is him. A man who killed thousands of Christians is telling you to put on love. Telling all of us to put on love. Don't let the spirit of unforgiveness rule your hearts. Don't let the spirit of unforgiveness rob you of a peace that the enemy is trying to distract you from. Don't let the spirit of unforgiveness deter you away from a truth that God wants you to know, God wants to always carry with you, and God wants to help you break free. Guys, that's all I have for today. I pray that you guys go so in Jesus' name, will grow in Jesus' name. This episode will be available on all the podcast platforms. This episode will is also available on Facebook Live. Um, it'll be available on YouTube. I'll try to make it available on YouTube. I've been going through some codec issues. Let me read the comments real quick. Nicole said, don't make pain your God idol. A lot of people don't realize that this is what it becomes. Yes, it does. It becomes an idol. It becomes an altar. It does. And the more you build it, the stronger it gets. And children, yeah, I preach the truth to tell you to destroy your idols like I destroyed mine. The truth, see, no matter how wicked a lie is or how much an abundance of a lie exists, it can never stand for the truth. It can never stand up to the truth. All you need is the truth to live inside your hearts and no negative will ever affect you. Nicole says the spirit of, of your forgiveness, I assume, will not only keep you out of heaven of unforgiveness. Okay. What not only keep you out of heaven, but acts as a door for demons to come in. Yes, it does. That's why this episode is called the back door of unforgiveness, because we could be righteous and holy, but we don't forgive our fathers. We don't forgive our exes. But children of Yah, I thank you so much for allowing me to share on to today. Nicole, God bless you. I pray that you go so in Jesus' name, go grow in Jesus' name. Let's close some back doors. Let's close some back doors. I love you all. God bless you all. Have a good evening. Thank you.